We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Maricela Everybody, Steve with Sense of Deli. I'm coming at you on the 15th of March, 2020. I got the month right this time. I screwed up last time, said it was May. So coming at you with the one and only Charles Cologne. Uh, I think most of you guys know who he is. If you don't, born in Manhattan, 1960, stand-up comedian for a few years. He has written a few books you may or may not have heard of. Uh, Muse in a Bottle, Classic Horror Stories, Haunted Castles of the World, Haunted Places in America. Rum, get that book. Drink, drink the book. Drink the book. I'll help. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Pope's Legion, Puritan's Empire, which is fantastic. Desire and Deception, The White Cockade, uh, Every Man Today, Called Rome, Vickers of Christ, Star Spangled Crown, I Almost Said Heresy, and A Catholic Quest for the Holy Grail. And coming up with a Carl of Austria book I heard, too. All true, uh, from 10 books in August. Yes, uh, uh, John told me about it. He won't, we'll have to do one on that when it, come, when it comes out. But talking today about plagues and the Catholic Church and saints that came out of them. So who else oh. better than the Catholic historian to talk about this? Charles, welcome, and great to meet you finally. Thank you. It's my pleasure entirely, although speaking of plagues, you know, I'm here in lockdown here in Austria. Uh, I'm not leaving my, what you see is my world for the next few weeks. I'm not leaving. Uh, I, uh, and who knows how long it's going to last, you know. I've been sentenced to solitary confinement for crimes against the world. The, uh, Somebody send that man some light bulbs in case the lights go out. Well... Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the great blackout of 65. Uh-huh. And uh, that was probably my introduction to the fact that the world is not a safe place. You know, this, this is, uh, most of my classmates are in the process of leaving right now. They haven't left already. But this has taken a big toll on them because they're kids. And this is the first time reality has come up to them and smacked them that it's not fun. <laughs> I mean, it just isn't fun. Uh, some of you will remember the uh, the fabulous uh, 9-11, of course, which was, uh, I was a mile and a half of the Pentagon when it was hit, which wasn't as amusing as, as promised. The 92 riots in L.A., those were, uh, those were a good time, if, if ever there was one. You know, I, I, I've seen a share of, of insanity. <laughs> this is big. You know, this is a much larger scale. Just uh, you know, but keep the home fires burning, gang. I mean, there's not a lot else you can do. Amen. So give us a talk, talk some hope. Uh, 
the plagues, the plagues that really took off, like the Black Plague, killed. A, well, well, the Black seven, Plague that killed uh, all in all about half the population of Europe, uh, in some places as much as two thirds. Uh-huh. And you have to understand that we all descend from people who lived through that. Uh-huh. That is to say, in your body, as we speak, are the genes of people who lived through that horrible time and rebuilt what was left. Mm-hmm. And that's why inevitably when people ask me, well, you know, things are so terrible now. How could anyone have children in such an awful time? And my response is always the way your fathers did mm-hmm. after the Black Plague. That's how. In other words, in a certain sense, we've been here, we've done that. <laughs> uh, the, and the plague in the 1300s was the most horrific thing we know. Now there were lesser outbreaks of the plague. One of the things we remember about viruses is that over time, they tend to get less and less lethal. Mm-hmm. Now, not always. Sometimes they mutate and become worse, but usually they get less and less so. Now, the reason for that's actually very simple. If a virus is lethal, it kills its host. Mm-hmm. And if its host dies, guess what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, because you see, outside the host, the, the virus faces a very unwelcoming and uncaring world. It's very tough if you're a little virus. You're very <laughs> tiny. There's, there's a tough. big world out there. It's got sunlight <laughs> and wind, and it's very, very upsetting. So here it is. All you're looking for is a nice warm host to live in. The only problem is you're killing it. Well, over time, remember, you don't have a brain, so it's not like you sit around thinking about these things. But as a result, over time, you you lose uh, usually your lethality, uh, if that's a word. And so it is with the Black Plague. Uh, the outbreaks grew fewer and fewer. There was a really good one in London, 1665. Mm-hmm. We had a very small outbreak in Los Angeles, California, in 1929. Black Plague on Clara Street, which was pretty small. Uh, then, but that, of course, was after the great influenza pandemic of 1918. It was an interesting thing my brother was mentioning to me today. We came equipped, as many people our age did, with a whole phalanx of elderly relatives. Mm-hmm. And these people had been through World War I. Uh, they'd been through the Depression. They'd been through World War II. The older ones had been through the pandemic. Interesting thing. They all talked about the wars. And they talked about the Depression. They never talked about the pandemic. Even though they lived through it. Mm-hmm. And even though, in retrospect, it had certain effects on them. But they didn't talk about it. Which is kind of a curious thing. I don't know why it is. It may be because in a pandemic, unless you're a, a doctor or a nurse or something like that, all you can really do is sit, hope it doesn't get you, and then you survive and you don't. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of, I remember people would ask my dad about the the war in Vietnam, and he'd never mention it. So my well, that's something a, like that to push off. Very possibly. Very, very possibly. Who's to say? And it could be that, you see, there's so much we don't know about this thing. 80% of people who get it, have no symptoms. Uh, 
the larger proportion of the remainder are mildly affected. Uh, it's a small number statistically and, and, and in terms of percentage that actually suffer terribly or worse yet die, but that number is enough to fill up your health system, kill it. That's what's happened in Italy. But the uh, having said all that, of course, then the other problem you've got is that your uh, your healthcare people are sometimes stuck with trying to save an older person mm-hmm. versus another older person or a younger person with an underlying problem. So it's 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 a mess. But the important thing to remember uh, is that reality doesn't change because you live through a situation like this. One of the reasons I firmly believe for the problems of the church is the experience of a lot of senior churchmen during the two world wars, especially the second world war. Mm -hmm. I think it shook their confidence in the faith. Uh, What we've learned since Vatican II is that no, though the faith is really is true. Nothing changed. And things have gone, I mean, Stop and think, if you will. This is wide-ranging, but I do have a point. Uh, in 1963, 62, JFK was president of the United States. The Catholics in America were the wealthiest in the world. They had bailed out the Holy See not once but twice. Uh, Bishop she- Archbishop Sheen was the biggest man on television. Mm-hmm. This was the epitome of what Benedict XVI called a confessionally neutral state, nevertheless illumined by gospel values. That was Kennedy's America, or Eisenhower's America, if you want. All right. In that light, you read somebody like Pius IX, who predicted that a confessionally neutral state would inevitably degenerate into an anti-Catholic tyranny. It seemed crazy. Mm-hmm. The, the United States had just saved the world in two world wars and was keeping the communists at bay. Just madness. Except that with the passage of time, 2020 hindsight, mm-hmm. you read Pius IX now and he reads like a prophet. Mm-hmm. But that's because he was basing his views not on his immediate perceptions of what was going on around him but by principles that have stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. So where am I going with this? Well, the church has dealt with plagues time and time and time again. St. Charles Borromeo, who uh, we think of today as a great uh, reformer and all that, he was that. Mm-hmm. But he was also Archbishop of Milan during a terrible, terrible plague. What did he do? Masses and processions. Uh, St. Gregory the Great, who we think of for a lot of reasons, Gregory and Chad being one of them. And if you're Byzantine Catholic, the uh, Liturgy of the Presanctified, which you've been going through in Lent, is also the Liturgy of St. Gregory Diologos. St. Gregory the Great, as he's called by the Greeks, uh, because he composed it while he was the papal envoy in Constantinople. There's a little thing for you. Mm-hmm. But more than that, the plague breaks out in Rome. Mm-hmm. You had daily processions. 
praying for an end to it. And one day, he had a vision, looked at the top of Hadrian's mausoleum, and he saw the Archangel Michael put his sword back in the sheath. And he knew that the plague was over. But it also led him to give uh, uh, Hadrian's mausoleum a new name, mm -hmm. Castel San Angelo. And that's why there's a statue of St. Michael on the top of it today. So, where is all this taking us? Uh, pestilences and plagues, like every other, like wars, like famines, like all the other things that uh, from time to time afflict the human race, produce saints. They produce people who stick to their guns and do their best for their fellow man, their fellow sufferers during the plague. Uh, it's a very it's a very very important thing to bear that in mind and there are other things too to look at I'm sure they'll have to close the abortion bills I can't imagine they're going to keep for, well, they, are they really going to keep functioning? Really? I don't know, I saw them on Twitter they were pretty active today I couldn't we'll tell you how, if I was inside. You know, I don't know my ground zero, but they haven't we'll said see how long. On we'll see how long that lasts. Right. I bet they're not open to New Rochelle. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You know, I, I can't think of anything crazier than to continue with that at, at a time like this. You know, I also think there will probably be after, if you guys get the same kind of quarantine we've got here in Europe, I guarantee you in nine months there'll be a, a quick jag in births, quick spike. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else to do. I, uh, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember the great blackout of 65, and that's what happened. There was a quick jump, and people were bored, you know. The, uh, I watch Avengers so many times. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and if and if the uh, with the uh, when the power was off back in '65, you didn't even have that, you know. <laughs> and uh, all you had was the uh, martini make makings and the at a dark house. It, it, it was terrible. But uh, no, seriously, I uh, I wouldn't be too too terribly upset, ladies and gentlemen. Above all, don't panic. I mean, firstly, it's not going to help. You know, we've come through these kinds of things before. We'll come through them again. Uh, people are all excited about the death rate of the, uh, of the disease. Well, not only do more people die of the flu so far every year in this country, or not this country, but our country, where you are, not the country I'm in. But uh, for far more people die thanks to abortion than die of the flu. Mm -hmm. And we don't mind that. That's okay. That's not a problem. Well, it will become a problem when you and I, and me sooner than you, are thinking we're going to get Social Security. Mm -hmm. Because so many of the people who are going to be paying to keep me in beer and Skittles will be dead. Mm -hmm. They won't have been born. And the uh, <clears throat> likelihood of my retiring to a diet of dog food and scotch gets, uh, you know, a lot higher. <laughs> now, I, I have to admit, especially because some of you are going to be in, in panic buying mode, regardless of what I say, 
I, I have to admit that my long-term phrase, retiring to dog food and scotch, has an actual origin. I didn't just make it up. No, no, no. This is a true story. Go for it. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, throwing a party at Beachwood Canyon in Hollywood. This is, I'm going back now 25 years, if I'm going back a day. And it was, the party was great, but we were running low on food and booze. So a friend of mine and I were sent out to go to the Beachwood Market, which is an upscale market ahead of Beachwood Canyon, and get more food and booze. So there we go. We saw this beautifully dressed old woman, you know, white hair, uh, earrings, but appropriately dressed, you know, for a woman her age. The kind of woman you'd love to have your grandmother as your grandmother if your grandmother was a terrible sophisticate, you know, very, I mean, she, this woman looked great. But she was pushing, <laughs> she was pushing a, a shopping cart. It was filled with lots of dog food cans and bottles of scotch and nothing else. <laughs> And she's pushing this cart. And so my friend says to me, what do you think that means? And I looked at her and I said, it's easier to keep down when it's marinated. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, I'm, 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 when people ask you what my retirement plan is, I, I tell them dog food and scotch. <laughs> Not 78,000 rolls of toilet paper? No, 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 no. You, you can't drink toilet paper. You'll find that out. Oh, and by the way, if you find, I'm going to let you in on another secret of panic buying. If you're, if you're going to the store right now, ladies and gentlemen, and you get there and you'll find the, the, uh, the uh, uh, rolls of toilet paper are gone, the Kleenex is still there. <laughs> and you can use it for the same purpose. You have paper towels. Yeah, and, but people don't seem to catch it. Mm -hmm. I, and you know, the funny thing is, I got the last six rolls of toilet paper in my local store here. And you know why? Because they were under the Kleenex. <laughs> no one I'm serious. Them. They were on the bottom <laughs> shelf under the Kleenex. So people just, everything else was gone. <laughs> but I looked down there. I guess I was going to get some Kleenex boxes. I don't care. I looked down and I see these six rolls. <laughs> And nobody bothered because they were protected by the Kleenex. So uh, there was that movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh, Wesley Snipes. I can't remember the name of it, but they used shells. They didn't have toilet paper. I saw a meme and with Sly going, hmm, "I wish I remembered how to use those shells." <laughs> oh, oh. Well, don't forget our our, our ancestors one hundred twenty five years ago used the Sears catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, yeah. And they survived uh, despite the possibilities of egg poisoning. <laughs> so, no, I, 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 I would urge you, ladies and gentlemen, use this time, especially if you're in lockdown the way I am, not that I'm bitter, use this time to expand your prayer life, to read all those things you wanted to read. I mean, take this time as a gift. Don't take it as a punishment. Uh, and thanks to the gift of uh, the miracle of the internet and all that, my heavens, you get caught up on all the old uh, TV and movies you can stand. It's, I, I mean, the whole Hammer House of Horror is on, uh, on TV, on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, you can watch Captain Kangaroo. You could, you could, you could watch the Hollywood Palace from when I was a kid, you know. Uh, I, I mean, there's just, 
waiting for God for the BBC. That's that's there. Uh, you really, ladies and gentlemen, if you're if you're stuck with forced idleness and you've got Wi-Fi and the internet, don't sweat it. You've got entertainment galore. Uh, food, of course, may be a problem. I hope not. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Austria is ninety percent. Take, it, it, it takes care of 90% of its own food. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're, they are really, uh, they're getting uh, canceled flights. If I wanted to go home very shortly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the ability anyway because uh, Chancellor Kurtz is going to be cutting off all the flights from Vienna Airport. So your question might be, well, what is he going to do that? And he's said, and you know, I, for, reason, for certain reasons, I'm not really a great fan of his anymore. I used to like him, but not so much now. But he said something I really didn't like. They asked him, when will you uh, shut down the airport? And he said, when the last Austrian comes home. And I, you know, I thought that was kind of a decent thing. When the last Austrian comes home, then the country's going to go down into complete shutdown uh, in hopes that in a few weeks, the, uh, yeah, that it's it's almost it's almost weirdly comforting in a in a sick way, yeah. but uh, the United States, of course, is a very different, very very different uh, kettle of fish. So I would advise you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, do what they tell you: wash your hands. Uh, you know, don't don't lick the uh, don't lick the sidewalk. <laughs> Uh, which is probably never a good idea anyway. Uh, the guy at the NCAA, uh, it was no, it was NBA, this is the Utah Jazz guy. He was mocking everything about it and he showed the press by licking all the microphones and then he got it. <laughs> See, don't be guy. that guy, <laughs> don't be that guy. <laughs> Let us learn. <laughs> well, you know, and it's, it's so easy to get. Uh, especially because so many of the carriers don't have any any symptoms at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got it. If you get it, ladies and gentlemen, you've got an eighty percent chance of never knowing you've got it unless you take a test. Mm-hmm. So be careful. You know, be careful with the people you meet, uh, especially if you've got older family or, or uh, friends or whatever living with you. Be sure to get tested if you can, but stay away from hospitals. They have enough trouble. They're going to have a lot more. Right. So basically you're saying be smart and courteous. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, we'll, we'll get through this, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't planet Krypton. You know, we're, we're, the sun's not about to, to go supernova. Uh, Jor-El is not sending Kal-El in a little rocket. So, <laughs> you know, it's not the walking dead. Uh, it's not the strain. It's not falling skies. It's it's none of those things. You know, I actually had a had a kind of interesting thought, interesting to me anyway, and that was that falling skies took place around the same time that The Walking Dead mm-hmm. started up, mm-hmm. and then of course you had the strain. Now I thought to myself, well, this is odd. Boston's attacked by UFOs. New York by vampires, and Georgia by zombies. I mean, what a what a horrible thing! And worse yet, imagine if you will, if the aliens in falling skies came to the Earth just after it had been devastated by zombies. 
how would they deal with that? See, <laughs> these are these are the thoughts that real pop culture people uh, worry about. Wake up at night. I don't know what would they have done. Well, <laughs> who's to say? The uh, I was telling somebody about I Am Legend, and I need to go get a, a DVD of Shrek. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, gosh, which version did you look at? Oh no, that was the uh, the 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 first version of those. Of, there were three of them that were right. made from the, the the book I Am Legend mm -hmm. by uh, uh, my late acquaintance. I actually met the man, uh, Robert. Uh, I can't think of his name. It's it, gosh, I met the man too. It's uh, Block, Robert Block. Mm -hmm. Interesting guy, member of the Lovecraft Circle, but uh, he uh, he used to say, "I have the heart of a small boy." I keep it on my desk in a jar. But at any rate, <laughs> gallows humor, ladies and gentlemen, gallows humor. But uh, he did. Uh, I am legend. He wrote the he wrote the story, mm -hmm. and of course, that first became the last man on earth with Vincent Price. Mm -hmm. He became the Omega Man with Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm which I have a particular fondness for because it's so 70s, you can shriek. And then lastly, there was I Am Legend. Will Smith. Which, yeah, which was not. The Fresh Prince. Yeah, The Fresh Prince. I mean, he, he was all right, but uh, The Omega Man to me was was just, uh, it's how I feel right now. Frank, I could be Charlton Heston, you know, sequestered <laughs> in his... It is. I've got everything I want. I've got music. I can watch TV. I can eat. I can drink. I've got. I've got books galore. I'm. I, I, and outside, they are waiting. <laughs> then, of course, he had, in the movie, he had his house all done up with machine gun emplacements and, and barbed wire and all this stuff. Uh, well, it so happened that the apartment building that my brother and I had lived in it's not. It's not really an apartment building, but a quadruplex that my brother and I had lived in when we first came to California with our parents in Hollywood, owned by the famous phony psychic Criswell, it came up for sale. So I suggested to my brother, who's, you know, owns real estate and that sort of thing, I said, why don't you buy it? You know, we could refurbish it as a single, single family thing and move in. And he looked at me and he said, if I did that, I'd have to do the whole Omega Man thing with the, uh, you know, <laughs> to make it a, a suitable living place. Yeah, suitable living place for my children. <laughs> anyway, these random thoughts come to mind, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I wish I could tell you that I've been drinking up a storm. I haven't. I haven't had a drop today, which is probably why I'm, I'm feeling so out of it. But this so, my wife's favorite line to me is, "What's wrong with you? There's something wrong with you." Talking to me when I say stuff. <laughs> It's, well, it is, I mean, we are in a very, a very strange place right now. We all are. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'm, strangely enough, although it's, it's odd to be locked out like this, it's strangely gratifying in a sense, strangely, uh, what's the word, not gratifying, but, uh, well, you feel protected, if you will. Mm -hmm. But in the case of the States, you really couldn't do something like this. So I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out in my native Los Angeles. I'm very worried because you have legions of the homeless. Mm -hmm. And you can't uh, quarantine them. And they will, they, they could easily overwhelm the hospitals in, uh, in L.A. But what are you supposed to do, shoot them? Hard stuff, ladies and gentlemen, hard stuff. 
So be prepared for a certain amount of unpleasantness. But again, it's not the end of the world. We are, you know, in six months or eight, mm-hmm. things will have uh, returned somewhat uh, to what they were, I suppose. The world's economy is going to take a huge shellacking out of this. Mm-hmm. And there'll yeah. be every attempt to blame the president for not re- reacting in time or reacting too soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, that nobody could have foreseen this. I mean, they knew that given our global setup, that there was a chance there'd be a pandemic of this sort. But you never really know until it happens. Mm-hmm. You just don't. I mean, <laughs> and the the reaction of the church uh, in some places to close down uh, churches completely. I uh, I don't know that that's going to fly very well in the aftermath. I don't know that the church is going to look very good. Uh, it's interesting too that some places, including my own archdiocese of Los Angeles, have forbidden communion on the tongue. But the Archbishop of Portland, Oregon. Oh, but in the Diocese of San Bernardino next door mm-hmm. for bad community of the hand. Really? Yeah. The, uh, well, the hand is much dirtier yeah, than yeah, the tongue. Yeah. You've got, Where's listen, that been in the news? <laughs> the Archbishop of Portland, Oregon, has uh, did something very unprecedented for church people. Mm-hmm. That is, he talked to real experts who knew what they were talking about. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> Go figure. I, I I don't get it. You know, I in my case, I would have gone to a tarot reader or something to you know come up with some really really solid advice. But at any rate, thank God about a bishop. Guy, what do you think? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, you you you're on the street. You you know what kicks. No, I I don't know. But what what ended up happening was that uh, he issued a statement saying that there's no real difference between the in terms of safety between the two types of reception, which I think is probably true. Mm-hmm. Here in Vienna, you're, it's, the Archbishop is heavily suggested, of course the churches are all closing, but before that happened, he said, uh, well, not, the churches aren't closing, but the masses will not be public. Uh, but at any rate, he, uh, he said that uh, uh, while Communion on the hand is uh, advised. He couldn't forbid communion on the tongue. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say, too, that if you kneel for communion, uh, the priest is much more easily able to put it on your tongue with uh, much less chance. Yeah, just drop it right on. Uh, hey, nice, he's here. Uh, Raleigh, he's uh, Good, good, good to go. No, nothing. Uh, masses are still go, going and processions, whatever the priests want to do. Diocese of Charlotte, he's the bishop standing going. He, the priests are the priests are doing uh, down the street processions, Eucharistic adoration. We had mass today. Uh, masses aren't cl- are canceled now. They're limited because of the governor saying a hundred uh, a let cap on people in the building. So just uh, we had we had all three masses at the parish uh, where we go to and. Uh, we were even people. Uh, three parishes were streaming live, so huh. yeah. We had, we had a last parish, uh, last mass of the parish here, and then a Eucharistic procession through the streets of the town mm-hmm. uh, to the Marienzuela, which is uh, every town in Central Europe: Austria, Hungary, Czechia, Slovakia, Croatia, Slovenia. 
in the middle of the town, there'll be a, uh, a Pesnoila or a Maria Zora, which is a column mm -hmm. thanking the Virgin Mary for saving the town in past plagues. So it's the perfect place for a procession to go and for the priest to bless the town with the, the blessed sacrament of the monstrance, which is what he did tonight. Mm -hmm. um, from we, now on, what's we that? We have a pontifical solemn high mass on Thursday for St. Joe. So well, <laughs> I will be, I'll be filming that one just to let everybody know we ain't gone anywhere. <laughs> Well, that see, we're we're still doing uh, they're, they're still doing masses here at the school. They're private, mm -hmm. and those of us who are left won't actually be able to attend them. We'll be streaming them, but we will be able to go get communion mm -hmm. in small groups, no more than five at a time, mm -hmm. because the law is that uh, as of tomorrow, or as of six minutes from now, uh, the uh, uh, there'll be there to be no gatherings of more than five people. Oh wow! Oh, it's it's very draconian. Wow. If you go out on the street, uh, there'll, there'll be you know cops running around. If you go out on the street and you don't have a reason to be there, they'll ask you where you're going, what's your reason for going. Mm -hmm. About the only thing that'll uh, carry any ice is if you're going on a weekly trip to the market, and the markets are sale. But they don't want you going more than once a month or once a week, rather. Um, so, you know, you, uh, it's tough stuff. So you mentioned Gregory and uh, Charles Borromeo. Uh, who else? Uh, like, I, lo I love Rocco. <laughs> well, yeah, Sid Roche uh, was was a, uh, a tremendous fellow. He was, the, you know, living under his parents' uh, staircase for years. They're not even knowing it. That uh, that was pretty pretty tactical, uh, <laughs> but uh, another one uh, who's being prayed to a lot in this part of the world right now is Saint Corona, mm -hmm. who's also invoked against the plague. There are actually quite a few saints. Of course, Our Lady Health of the Sick, mm -hmm. uh, Saint Luke, Saints Cosmas and Damian, Saint Raphael. There are all of these saints who are voted against the sick, uh, against the sick, no, against the plague, and they should be invoked now. I mean, really, ladies and gentlemen, you should pray now as you've never prayed before. Uh, for those of you in places where the Blessed Sacrament is no longer available, think of how many times, and I'm as bad, think of how many times you miss Mass for no real reason. You're lazy, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, our Lord will always be there. Mm -hmm. Think of how often we took him for granted. Well, no, he's not always there. Sometimes bad things happen. If, which God forbid, some of you find yourselves in terrible situations, or you find that your city is in a horrible situation, think of what your city has done. Think of the abortions. Mm -hmm. Think of the the uh, profanations of marriage. Mm -hmm. Think of all that. Uh, my uh, longtime acquaintance, John Jmerak, wrote a very interesting article. What if I test positive but identify as not having the disease? And you may think that John was being funny, but he wasn't. Okay. 
It wasn't being funny at all. I mean, when he said, stop and think what people are doing to children right now, mm-hmm. enforcing them into gender reassignment. Think of what people are doing with this whole drag queen uh, story time. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is horrible. This is horrific. Think of Pachamama. You know, uh, we are living in times, ladies and gentlemen, where the leadership, however you want to qualify them, and all of us to a greater or lesser degree, have done horrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. The four crimes that cry out to heaven for vengeance are the stuff of life for modern Western society. So why should we be surprised if every now and then we get a little response Mm -hmm. from heaven to our message to heaven? Um, Like the lessons in the first week of Lent. Yeah. I mean, this is a weird Lent. Mm -hmm. The whole world is being made to uh, observe Lent this year. I pray to God that it's over by Easter. It may it may actually be. That would be very strange. But I mean, it might. It, wouldn't it be bizarre if the bulk of this thing subsides by Easter? Mm-hmm. It'd be very strange. I, I have no reason to think it will. You know, there's hope that when the weather gets hotter, uh, it'll abate. But it's, you know, it's 100 degrees in Australia right now. Yeah, who knows? Nobody knows. And then, of course, the other great fear is that it may die down this this year, but it might come back next year. Mm-hmm. That's what the uh, Spanish flu did. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. And the truth of it is, ladies and gentlemen, and this is something that you should really take away from tonight if you take away nothing else. We've never known, really. We have this illusion of security we've built up. But you could be hit by a car. You could die of an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. You know, it. it uh, we think we're safe, but we're not. We never are. We never have been. All this is really doing is reminding us of the truth of our lives here on Earth. That's all it's doing. It's scary and it's frightening. I'm scared. I'm frightened. But we also know, as I've said at the very beginning, I'll say it again and again, our fathers went through worse. Mm -hmm. And if these are not the last days, then our descendants will probably go through worse again. Mm -hmm. It's the nature nature of life. You know, when I'd, I'd come up with problems for my old father, and I'd say, oh, this is terrible, Dad. I'd say, yes, yes, it is, son. But it's your own fault for coming to a fallen world. Next time, come to an unfallen world, and you won't have these problems. That's so well. Thanks a lot. But instead of our truth to it, we have to accept the fact, as our ancestors did, that plagues and famine and unrest and horror are part of life. And we pray that they don't happen in our time. You see so many prayers that ask for a quiet and peaceful life. Why? Well, it's because most lives historically have not been that way. So we pray that they will be. 
Beyond that, we pray very, very hard that we merit heaven. And that, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you go through here, if it ends up with you in heaven, doesn't matter. Remember, there's a uh, sermon that one of the priests did. They talked about Lent, and he goes, you have 40 days to prove God that you love him. And I was thinking, what about now? How, you know, what do you, well, you got two routes to take. Forget about it. Persevere day by day. Well, that's all you can do. And, and as far as forgetting about it goes, you know, that's not really an option either. No. Uh, and as I say, take this time as a time to, uh, to pray, to study. And when you're not praying and studying, take it as a time to relax mm-hmm. in ways that you couldn't do in normal times. Um, you know, don't panic, don't hoard. Do what the authorities tell you. I mean, they may not know anything, but they know more than you do. It's not saying much, but, you know. Um, And above all, don't think that anything has really changed. It hasn't. Good is still good. Evil is still evil. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting the global machine started again is probably going to be a bit tough. It's been interesting shutting it down. Getting it started again will take a while. The economy will take some hits, uh, maybe really bad ones. Who knows? A lot depends on how long it lasts uh, and where. But whatever whatever happens, God is still in charge. He's still the king, Christ the king, still. Mm-hmm. And you and I, as his subjects, have an obligation to, uh, in the immortal words of the uh, British propaganda office during the Second War, keep calm and carry on. Amen. It's all, it's all anybody could do, and I, I guarantee you, said Charles Borromeo would have given you the same advice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're the church milling for a reason, so keep pounding, as they say here in Charlotte. <laughs> yep, yep. The, the, uh, you, you, all, all you Tar Heels there, uh, checking. <laughs> Man, I'd be so mad if I was if I, I played ball in college. Uh, we made it to the NC, it was the Junior College National Championships. I can't imagine those guys you know, that just got the NCAA taken away from them. I know that's not the same thing on a spiritual level, but just for those guys 18, 19 years old going, as you brought up the Tar Heels, basketball is a big thing right now. Going, oh, Man. <laughs> oh, listen, my classmates here, the what's what this has done to the semester. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically what's being talked about, they're, they're talking about maybe trying to carry out classes online like this, or maybe extending the semester by three weeks in June, if we're back here by then. Mm-hmm. You know, which of course, uh, you know, if you're a 19, 20, 22, 23 year old kid, this is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But I got I, I got a, a a good laugh out of them by a poster. I, I tell you about a poster I saw when I was in my twenties. It showed this blonde girl. And some of the girls who were standing there were blonde, so of course they didn't appreciate it. But it showed this blonde girl clutching her handkerchief, and there's a mushroom cloud in the background, and she's a model, obviously. And she says, "Nuclear war! There goes my career." <laughs> 
And I said, kids, you've got to get a certain perspective. I know it's inconvenient. I understand this. But, you know. Your Sophie backgrounds might not change for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you may have a little bit of you may have a little bit of difficulty, um, a little bit of difficulty establishing, uh, you know, connections with uh, with your teachers, but it could be so much worse. So just oh, yeah. you know, and, and of course these kids, you know, this is the first time they've been through something like this. Uh, now, mind you, this is a, a big, this is an event like World War Two, really. Mm-hmm. And I myself have never been anything to anything quite like this. But uh, you know, we had nine eleven, we had the LA riots, the great blackout, as I say, my life started with. Uh we had the Hong Kong flu. Mm-hmm. Again, none of these were nearly as big as this, but it prepares you for when everybody loses it. Mm-hmm. And I told the kids, I said, You live long enough, you're my age, you're gonna go through more of this crap. It just won't. Welcome this to the story, is, pal. This is the only one you ever go through. Number one, uh, good. You know, <laughs> uh, please God, I, I pray that this is this is as bad as it ever gets for you for your whole lives. But I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> I said, to be honest, I was hoping at sixty that I'd somehow be able to slide out the last twenty or thirty years of my life without going through another catastrophe. It didn't happen. It didn't, here I am. It, it, it didn't work out. But it beats the alternative. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Keep the no, sense it, of humor out there. No. Listen, you've got to. And that that's the last point I'll make, is your sense of humor. Keep it, you know, don't, don't fail to laugh. Uh, I remember seeing films of the... Uh, the British in the uh, in the underground in London during the Blitz, mm-hmm. you know, they're being bombed and they're singing "Roll Out the Barrel." <laughs> you know, because what are you supposed to do? Yeah, it's it's uh, we we sang tonight uh, the parting glass, uh, which was very poignant. And uh, the kids were all, gee, you, aren't you going home, Uncle Charles? And I said, no, no. I said, uh, I've got a much better chance of catching it, standing in those lines you're going to go through, than staying here. Mm-hmm. And uh, at 60, it may or may not be more of a problem for me than it's going to be for you. Now, another 10 years, if I was 70, it would definitely be more of a problem. But I said, you guys get home, just don't give it to your uh, grandparents. <laughs> I'm sure you saw the Italian video of them singing in the uh, in the rooms, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God bless the Italians. I'll tell you, you know, so one of the things that I saw, they were singing the San Fidisti anthem, mm-hmm. which which was the anti-revolutionary Italian, you know, Neapolitan song. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> Please. But, you, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you, um, on Facebook, I posted and I said that uh, the president of the United States should use, I, I'm very surprised that he's not using, one of the most powerful weapons in our armor against this disease, the Supreme Court. I say that just as they're able to change the nature of marriage, 
even the nature of humanity, at their will. They should be able to sign an injunction or something against the virus that'll put a flight to. I mean, they it won't ever know what happened. They probably got Darth Vader Ginsburg locked up under underground somewhere to keep her alive. Well, yeah, I, I, I she probably buried her, pre-buried her in her coffin to keep her safe. You know? <laughs> the uh, that uh, that chick, I'll tell you, talking about Night of the Living Dead. Gosh, <laughs> she's she's really wow. Uh, but she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to give up. You know, <laughs> she's afraid of what the Trumpster would replace her with. Oh. I, uh, you know, and mind you, if I were uh, an insane old lady I'd, on, the, on the bench, I'd probably feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't blame her, I guess, in that sense. But no, it, it, it be of good cheer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's really, really nothing more you can do except that. Uh, St. Charles Borbeau, St. Gregory the Great, St. Rocco, all these saints. One of the things you find about them is they they did their duty. They just carried on, and they kept slugging away until either the problem was solved or they were dead. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do, ladies and gentlemen. Keep slugging along until the problem is solved, or you're dead. Amen. Appreciate it, Charles. Very welcome. My you pleasure entirely. No, no, pleasure's on this side of the pond. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, and just remember, I'll be safe if bored. <laughs> Say hi to Vinny for me when you do your show. <laughs> sure shall. That's coming up Saturday. We did we did one, uh, you'll see it uh, Monday, tomorrow. Okay, yep. And I have, I have uh, plague information. All right. There you go. Sliding that one in for everybody, a little teaser. You bet. Drink lots of liquids, kids. God bless you, bud, and I will talk soon. Righto. God bless you. Take care.